Hello and welcome once again to Fake History. Uh, my name is Kendall Matthews. I am here as always uh, with John Gilday and Lee Sutherland. How are you both today? Hello. Oh, you know me, living the dream in lockdown. Fantastic. I think we just about all survived our uh, look into UFOs and we haven't been uh, last week and we haven't been uh, visited by any men in black or anything this week, have we, gentlemen? No, we'll. No, neither do I have uh, any ongoing issues with the anal probe. So you managed, well. managed to, but doctor managed to get that out of it. That's that's. Uh, I didn't even buy me dinner as well. Huh? <laughs> I bet you let you take it home, though, no? Yeah. <laughs> mm, you don't even want to know what I'm doing with the new big man. To the bath, dry it off. So 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 many things wrong. I didn't, so I didn't, I didn't even use loop, I just used a bit of spit. Yeah. <laughs> that was the thing. It's, it was a great alien and used a lot of anyway, on to <laughs> on to today's subject. Sorry. Uh, we are just going to discuss, or we're going to touch on JFK. I say we're going to touch on JFK's assassination because everywhere you go and every time you open up anything in this, it's, yeah, it grows arms and legs and it's, 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 there's so much to cover. So we might, I, I might split it into two parts or we might just give it a bash and just through what we can do. Um, I know the, the guys have been looking into different things uh, from me, so I, I think that the best thing to do is I'm going to give a background on Lee Harvey Oswald first and then we can uh, look at some of the conspiracy theories that are out there and um or some of the theories that are out there let's not call them conspiracy theories because they might be right um and uh, we'll look at some of the people as well that have been investigating and how that came up uh now lee harvey oswald i think every everything i've seen him being portrayed as he's, he's portrayed as and correct me if i'm wrong here guys but does he come across as a bit thick or a bit stupid in a lot of the portrayals that you you guys have seen him in or or a bit slow yeah, well, he was, he's certainly been portrayed in that a lot. What I've read, yeah, yeah. Um, what about you, Lee? Have you have you seen him portray? Have you have you seen the JFK film, for instance, where it was um, oh, what's his name, Gary Oldman, wasn't it? Was him? Yeah, it was Gary Oldman. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, definitely seen him portrayed like that. Yeah. Um, also as 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 a potential victim of of what they did to make him act like that. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we'll go into it further, but you know, there's the the conspiracy and rumours of LSD and having him brainwashed and yeah. hypnotised and blah blah blah. I I want to look at his background a little bit. Um, so he was in the Marine Corps. Was the first thing. So now, once again, Marine Corps certainly yeah. a lot of the time the Marines are are considered to be the cream of the American Army. Um, I, w- I would say that's the, the largest main unit anyway. Um, and from there, he, uh, while he's there, he's trained as a radar security, uh, a radar operative, and he gets security clearance. And he starts learning Russian. His Russian is, um, he's very good at reading and writing it uh, at that point. Um, and he is probably just below average speaking, but he is considered as being above average uh, reading and writing it. Uh, then he leaves, 
Um, but when he leaves, uh, by the time he's left, now when he started, he was actually what was termed as a sharpshooter. So you you go through various courses when you're in the Marines and you you get judged on your shooting ability. And he was a sharpshooter. <clears throat> but shortly before he left, he had been tested again and he dropped and he, he was a marksman, what's going to describe as a, a, a marksman. Um, and he'd also which which was something new to me. He'd also been over to Japan uh, and the uh, Marine Air Control Center over in Japan. So the guy's traveled a fair bit already in his life. He'd been trained in a couple of things. He now knows Russian. And then he goes to Russia um, and he's met, he's pretty much not met with open arms straight away to the point point where he has been told that he's not getting a visa to stay in Russia. So he's gone for a week. But when he's gone over, he's actually gone, and this, this again, this is going the mindset. It's not a straightforward, straight off, he's lying about stuff. Right now he's lying about stuff. So it's not a straightforward flight. So he's not, there's no flights at that point to Moscow from you know, Dallas. So he's come the long way around and he's actually stopped off in UK and he's told UK that he's going to Iceland for a week's holiday. Then he's gone to Helsinki uh, and he's then gone to the Russian embassy in Helsinki, got a visa for seven days and he's gone over to Russia. Uh, and then he's met with a guy, because you don't get to just wander around Russia in those days. So he gets met with one person who's going to be looking after him, says, I want to stay in Russia. Um, gets interviewed, etc., and then he's told that he's not going to be allowed. So the day he's the day before he's due to come back to um, England, Helsinki, then England, and then America, he's told that he's not getting a Russia to, to, he's not getting a Russian visa. This upsets him so much that he slashes his wrist, um, left wrist, um, causes a lot of blood, etc. And his caseworker, if you like, the person who's responsible over him, um, comes and meets him. He gets taken to hospital. While he's in hospital, he gets interviewed by four other um, military, sort of KGB men, if you like, um, and they decide that, okay, we're going to let you stay. And they take him away to more or less Siberia. But they put him up. So this guy, and he has declared to them that he will um, happily share his knowledge of... Um, the radar operations, etc., and everything he knows from his security clearance, which he is up to confidential um, with uh, with the Russian government and the Russian army. Um, so he goes across there and he's working in a factory, but he's put up in a really nice apartment and it's fully furnished and all this kind of stuff. And as far as you know, Joe blogs in the street, etc., is concerned in Russia, he's he's remarkably well treated. Um, he falls in love with a woman. It proposes to her and she knocks him back um, and apparently this has broken his heart. No, it's not broken his heart for that much because he ends up marrying a woman called Marina um, and then they decide, he decides that actually I'm making quite a bit of money here but I've got nothing to spend it on. And this is his own words because this is in a diary he wrote. So he's now at the stage, right, I, I want to go back to America. And it's always intrigued me, why do you want to go back to America from Russia? So is it just a case of he's playing the, the governments against each other? But apparently it's just, I'm making a bit of money. I don't have anything to spend it on, so I'm going to go back to America. So then, because he'd never renounced his US citizenship, he wrote to the embassy and said, can I have my passport back? 
And then they say, yeah, they give him his passport back and they take him straight back into America and they embrace his wife and child as well. So this is a guy, now remember in the 50s and 60s, they were blackballing people, they weren't allowing people um, to, to make films or anything because they suspect they're communists. Now this is a guy, a self-confessed Marxist, who's defected after learning your mili some military secrets. And the Americans welcome back with open arms and they don't officially keep tabs on him. So there's this guy just straight back in the country, no problem. And you want to bring a Russian wife and child? Yeah, no problem, big man. And they come. And this is where it gets a bit strange for me. He then gets, um, he then gets in with the, the Russian community because with his wife. And the Russian community in the area don't take to him. They don't like him. Um, but they like her. They like her. But then they look at him and say that, the, the way they look at him is they think he has really good spoken Russian by this point. Okay. So he's really good spoken Russian. And this, I keep referring to how he's Russian spoken because I think one of the conspiracies, etc., we're looking at is perhaps there was something in Mexico, etc. Um, and that at that point, apparently, whoever Lee, is Lee Harvey Oswald is really poor at speaking Russian. So that's why I'm bringing that up. But there we go. Now, from there, he's uh, basically been unemployed. He's gone down to Mexico not long before. Um, he's had various things that he's he's done, and he's been in the he set up an a, a pro-Cuban um, protest group, if you like. Um, Cubans, Cubans, also now communist country, uh, and again completely oblivious. Of anything else, they've, they've let him do that, and there's been no problem. And this, he's actually taken an office, etc., um, where he's uh, where he's performing these uh, things from, and he's printing leaflets, Cuban leaflets, and he's gone to an anti-Cuban place um, as well. One of the anti-Cuban leaders that he's met while he's been there has passed him in the street uh, and seen him. Um, handing these leaflets, these pro Castro leaflets out, gone nuts. They're spoken to by police. Um, and because of this, um, because it got into the press, etc., he was then invited on television um, to debate um, as a Marxist. He was asked if he was a communist on that television program, and he said, No, I am a Marxist. Now, this, all, this, this is all pre. Um, assassination. The last thing I'm going to say about the, 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 the background to this is, so now he's working in the book depository and 11 days before the assassination, he's gone down to Mexico uh, to try to get a visa from Mexico to Cuba so that, because the Cubans are very close to the Russians, so he can then sort out paperwork to go back to Russia. But the Cubans refuse it and the Russians refuse it. Um, and they say, and everything that's come back from the time is that the guy was down there spoken next to no Russian and it was very, very poor spoken Russian. So he's, let, he's lost all ability to speak Russian if this is him. Um, so he gets refused for that and then he comes back up to Dallas. But again, what was saying that the, before he went down to Mexico, 
he pulled $33 in an unemployment check from the government. So how, how is he managing this? So, so if we look at everything he's done in his life up until this point, so everything we've got from him, we've got this supposedly unintelligent guy. He's joined the Marines, which and, and he's he's apparently a very good soldier. There's there's nothing. Nobody speaks badly of him as a soldier. Uh, to the fact where he was when he came back from Japan, they actually used him um, to uh, to prepare and help people that were going abroad. Um, uh, uh, to prepare them for the, uh, the lifestyle, etc. Across here. So even when he's come back from these different areas. He's thought of very well. He was a sharpshooter, which is a very good shot. Dropped a marksman, which is still a good shot. He's proficient in speaking Russian. He's a radar operator. But basically, he spends the next few years as unemployed. On top of that, you have the welcome back into with open arms um, without so much as an official debrief that I can find anything any note of. Um, and this is the character that we're looking at. So... There we go. That brings us up to the day of the assassination. Um, let's go. Let's go, John. Let's let's look at you. I think you were dealing in. in um, so obviously, it's come and gone. He is now dead, and I think you've got a a, a chap that was looking into um, the processes and what happened after that, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Um... Long before um, Jim Garrison got involved, who was obviously portrayed by Kevin Costner on the movie, was a guy called Mark Lane. Uh, Mark Lane was, an, he was basically a lawyer, an American attorney, um, but he was also, he was involved in politics himself. He helped form the, the Democrat reform movement within the New York Democrat Party, but with the, he also had the support of Eleanor Roosevelt and, funnily enough, JFK. Mm -hmm. And in 1960, he also managed the New York City campaign for JFK's 1960 presidential bid. So he already, he already obviously had a link to JFK. Obviously knew him as well. Um, but after four weeks after the assassination, uh, he was writing for the National Guardian, and he basically wrote a piece uh, which had kind of 15 questions. Basically, it was the first one to start uh, um, questioning, the, questioning the, the, the death and was it, um, you know, was it an assassination, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. uh, but his 15 questions included things like the paraffin test, uh, mm -hmm. which indicated that Oswald had not fired a rifle recently. Uh, the conflicting claims about what what weapon was actually used to kill JFK. First, it was announced as a, a Mauser, and then it was later a smaller gauge Italian uh, Italian gun. Uh, he also questioned the role of the FBI and the press, uh, who basically convicted them before his guilt was proven. It's true if you actually look at it, when you look at the press releases around the world, they went live literally. If you watch the, if you remember bits in the movie, there's, you know, there's literally the, in a different time zone, it's already been reported, but it's, you know, it's just happened. Uh, yeah. So very, very, very interesting guy. On the back of that, he actually, he wrote uh, his first book, um, 
but he was interviewed by the Warren Commission and things like that. But he, he wrote his first book, which a movie was released on. But his book, his first book, was called Rush to Judgment, which was based on basically the article he'd written as well. Very, very interesting guy. Yeah, the Chief Justice Errol Warren, who uh, published the Warren Commission, uh, didn't like him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically, as a guy hold him in contempt. Yeah, but a very, very, very interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I, I saw him about him, one of the things he, he'd said um, that I found very interesting, actually, was that, because uh, I've watched a little bit about this guy as well, there's two, actually, I'll bring up two. One of which, and, and the reason I like this, and I think you're absolutely right to be looking at this, is because it's all very good for us to be sitting here and asking questions and, you know, to look at all the things that's on the internet today. But this is this is sourced material. This is a guy that was there at the time. This is a guy that mm. you can go onto the internet today and you can listen to his talks in 65, 66 um, that are recorded because they were given at universities, etc. And they're, they're in there on the archive. They're very, very interesting. And two of the things I, I saw, um, was he um, he mentioned two photographs, one of which uh, that I heard, one of which was of a lady that took a photograph, a Polaroid, at the exact moment that the shot was fired, the first yeah. shot was fired, that showed the entire book depository window. Now, as soon as uh, the shot as the, the shots had happened, uh, she had given it to a police officer at the scene. The police officer. Uh, so, so Mark Lane had actually spoken to the woman and she told him this. She said, I took a photograph. Didn't say, there's no mention of what was in it, incidentally, just that he showed the whole book depository. Um, yeah. And she said she'd given it to a police officer. Mark Lane found the police officer, interviewed the police officer, and the police officer said, um, yeah, that's right, there was a, a Polaroid lady just taking it at the moment of the shooting. Uh, I gave it to our Secret Service agent, it was there. Warren Commission interviewed the secret service person he said yeah absolutely woman took polaroids it's taking the exact same other thing of the shooting that photograph has never been released it's not disappeared that still has not been released no but i can tell you where that is where they it, withheld a lot of this yeah uh, yeah i'll come i'll come to that later on though because i've done a bit on the boring commission as well but yeah, there's only so much that's actually just like that was released when there was that release. Eh? Still, yeah. thousands of documents not being released to us. There is the latest at the minute, and unless it's um, unless the delay again, then it's supposed to be 2021, and the rest of it gets released. That's right, but then yeah. it was supposed to be 2018, so and then they delayed it. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit, it's a bit strange that I mean, it was supposed to be 2018, but mm-hmm. then. Donald Trump was directed by the FBI and the CIA, funnily enough, mm-hmm. um, uh, to withhold the severed, but delayed the release until April 26th, as you said, 2018. But then further action was taken to withhold the records until 21. Yeah. There is another did interesting... You hear, did you read the reason why, though? Sorry. Yeah, because it's supposed to, it's supposed to still... Um, the homeland security people, basically. Yeah, exactly. There's still people there's still people that could harm so if it could harm them then there's obviously a bullshit out there. But there is one other photograph, just before we go on, there is one other photograph um, that I want to discuss, which again Mark Allen um, sorry, Mark Lane uh, alludes to in one of his things I saw, which is a photograph that purports to show Jack Ruby standing um, watching the events, Jack Ruby is the chap who obviously killed Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, 
Now, why I find that interesting, again, it's not never come out and it's never been shown, um, but the, one of the, th the things, if you look into to Jack Ruby, there's a chap, now he's obviously got underworld connections, and one of his underworld connections is a chap called Vanderslice, who works for the Fratiano family, um, who's obviously one of the big mafia bosses at the time. Um, and Ruby had phoned him up on the day before the assassination and said, do you want to watch the fireworks tomorrow? He's like, well, he says, just beat me. And then he's gone. He's not said a word. They've met together, they've been talking, and they've walked onto the square. They've stood in the corner of the square. And as soon as the shootings happened and the assassinations happened, without saying a word to Vanderslice, Jack Ruby's walked away. Now, I find that interesting because, again, that's two separate sources that allude to each other, which is there appears to be a photograph that shows Jack Ruby, according to Mark Lane, and it's backed up by this mafia man who's basically, his. he says, listen, I, I was there, Jack Ruby said to me the day before, do you want to come and watch the fireworks tomorrow? And then as soon as the shots go off, he doesn't wait to see what's happened, he walks away. It's, it's just a very, I thought that was a very interesting, a very interesting one. Uh, right, Lee, over to you. You've been looking at some of the conspiracy theories. So before I bore everybody else to death with some more facts, let's, let's hear some of those ones. Um, um, well, I'll start with a, I'll start with a ridiculous one and mm -hmm. I'll end with one as well. But mm -hmm. um, one of them, Ted Cruz's dad yeah, is involved. You hear about that? Um, let's see, it was... Uh, the question asked, obviously, um, why a nightclub owner, <laughs> Jack Ruby, would kill Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, and obviously there's a second shooter involved somewhere. There's a second a second shot. But nobody ever sort of mentioned it until Donald Trump's election campaign. And uh, it was actually Donald Trump. Um, he had quoted on Fox News that his father was with Lee Harvey Oswald just prior to Oswald being shot. Um, the whole thing is as ridiculous as you want it to be. Basically, Trump had based this off of a photograph he'd seen in the National Enquirer that shows Ted Cruz's dad, Raphael, and Oswald together. So that was enough for Trump um, and Cruz's dad. I mean, to be fair, he, did, he would have had the skills, you know, because Raphael was also a member of the Notorious Ninja Turtles at the time. Yeah. So um, it's, there's there's credit there somewhere. Um, also, uh, you know, off of the back of reading about that, did you know that Ted Cruz is factually the Zodiac killer? I again, I heard that <laughs> so, mentioned. They really don't like Ted Cruz, do they? they there, really... there's, yeah, there's something there. Like they certainly like to off people, but I mean, if if, if his dad did do it. And Ted Cruz is a Zodiac killer. I suppose you've got that connection there. They've got the skills and the genes, you know. Talk about skills. I'll just throw this one in as we're going. Mm -hmm. But um, did you did you know? And I, I don't know if uh, if you've seen this one, John, as well. Was that they actually suspect Lee Harvey Oswald after after they got him for the um, the shooting? And listen, I'll be honest with you. I I think Lee Harvey Oswald was up with a gun. I don't think he was the only one. And I, I think he was very much the, the patsy. He said he was a patsy himself. I think he actually was. Um, so I'm, I'll, I'll put my cards to the table there. I don't think he was the only one, but I think he was part of it. I think he knew what was going down. Uh, and um, they decided, whoever it is and whoever we're looking at, decided that he was the one that was going to take the blame. 
But why? One of the reasons I don't think it's possible that he can be the only person. I mean, it's it's again, it's, you got it from two different directions. Well, they've actually accused him and suspect him of attempting to shoot a chap called General Walker with the same rifle. Yeah. But General Walker was sitting in his living room and the shot was fired from less than 100 feet away. So it's like within 30 metres, you've got him, this guy is supposed to be a sharpshooter. Okay, he's dropped a marksman. Marksman's still a great shot. You know, it's not, it's not, he's not all of a sudden a terrible shot. But less than 100 feet, still target, but he's only taken one shot. And he's only hit the he's hit basically the, the the whoever shot at this guy has hit the um, the framework of the window, and General Walker's been hit by the shrapnel from a bullet. And obviously this guy's taken with one shot, panicked, and then ran away because there's not another shot being taken. How does that equate to a guy that can sit up and hit a moving target from an elevation? With three bullets, basically, in six seconds. How how does that equate to somebody that panics after the first shot and runs away when he misses, to a guy a few days later who is shooting at the president of the United States, misses the first one, loads the second one, misses with the second one, loads the third one, kills him with a headshot in six seconds? Bullshit. That is not the same person. So either, he, and the thing is, he left a note which wasn't found until well after the, um, uh, until after the assassination in his house for, for Marina, his wife, to say, listen, if I don't come home tonight, but this was about the General Walker shooting, so he's done it. He's done it. But if, if that's the case, then this guy is not capable of hitting a target 100 feet away, a still, a still target. But a few days later, he's going he's to hit Kennedy with a headshot with a third shot. After missing the first two, no issues. It's bullshit. I don't. I don't. I guess it goes back to why is that picture never been released? Any of that? Yeah. You know, on the day. Yeah, I think so, it'll show him. I think it'll show him. I do think it'll show him. But I. Oh don't... no, but I'm saying, but what else is it going to show though? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, that's, 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 that's that's probably why that's. Ah, listen, it's all. It's, in my opinion, it's all we do with the CIA. But never. Mm. Well, to, quote, to, to, to give you a quote on that, actually, mm-hmm. I'll give you according to the Warren Commission. The first, uh, the first bullet that hit Kennedy went through him, um, and the Texas governor John Connolly. The second is which is referred to as either the magic bully, uh, bullet theory mm-hmm. or um, the single bullet theory, but uh, that one exploded on the right hand side of Kennedy's head, or his or his face even his head. But uh, even if when you watch that JFK film with uh, Kevin Costner in it. They constantly quote back into the left, back mm-hmm. into the left. Right, yeah. um, and in the seventies, um, back to more gunsmith um, Howard Donahue argued that this shot was actually fired by Secret Service agent George Hickley or Hickey, sorry, mm-hmm. Hickey George Hickey, whose finger must have slipped on the trigger of his AR-15. Now he based this argument on the trajectory of the bullet and the bullet fragmentation of the fatal shot that's that's what's on an official file you know yeah. according to the warren commission on that one mm-hmm. yeah it's the the other theory there's another one that um, which actually links to this if you if you were talking about like the 
the actual trajectory and the angles and all the rest of it. Another theory was it was a dodgy driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, basically, what if the fatal shot never came from Oswald at all, or the car behind, but actually instead of the president's own limo? Um, so some witnesses claimed that the Secret Services agent, William Greer, heard the first shot. He slowed down instead of speeding up. And he also turned to look back at the president before hitting the accelerator. So a day, he uh, a delay that he basically tearfully apologised to Jacqueline Kennedy for. But on that basis, um, a, conspiracy theory, uh, a conspiracy theorist, Milton William Cooper, argued in his book, Behold a Pale Horse, that Greer killed Kennedy. And he says it was as easy as Greer had a gun, you know? But Cooper claims he used, a, instead, he says um, that Cooper used a, Sorry, Cooper claims that Greer used a gas. This is interesting because this links to our last podcast a little bit. Mm-hmm. He used a gas pressure device developed by or V engineered by aliens. Mm. A technology by that. And that comes back again on a different point that I've got this gas related sort of technology. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yep. But yeah. Just, I'll, I'll throw in on one here. We were talking. I was talking and saying to you about the the Mexican visit, um, which is uh, where he filled out the paperwork and said to try and get uh, across to Cuba so he could get to to Russia and make his escape. Now, there's a conversation, and this is an official conversation because the the, the were all recorded, etc., between Hoover, who was and now was he head of the FBI or what at that time or whatever, but he was a president later Director of the CIA, wasn't he? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And to Lyndon Johnson, who obviously took over as president from Kennedy. And direct quotes here. Johnson, have you established any more about the in brackets Oswald visit to the Soviet embassy in Mexico in September? Hoover. No. There's one angle that's very confusing for this reason. We have here up the tape, up here the tape and the photograph of the man in the Soviet embassy using Oswald's name. That picture and the tape do not correspond to this man's voice, nor to his appearance. In other words, it appears that there was a second person who was at the Soviet embassy. That I found very interesting. Um, I don't. Again, the, the the thing is, I don't. I'm not seeing where all this where all this comes or where this goes. Um, but there's something like, of you know, we're talking about conspiracies, there's something like 20, 25 names of people that were in Dallas that had no rights or no reason to be in Dallas on that day who were either mafia hitman men who did CIA wet work, which is like basically assassinations and all these kinds of things. And there's between 20 and 25 people who don't, who aren't based on in Dallas. They were in Dallas on that day. Now there's a very famous one. He said, looking for his name, E. Howard Hunt. Have you, have either of you heard of E. Howard Hunt? No, no I can't say I have one. No. no. E. Howard Hunt is a chap that was actually jailed as part of the Watergate scandal. So he was one of the men on the payroll of Tricky Dicky Dick Nixon. 
um, and like was doing his dirty work for them, etc. And he was heavily rumored to be involved in the assassination. He was a CIA, basically put it in back. He, he worked for the CIA, he was high up in the CIA, etc. Um, now he went through his whole life saying that I had nothing to do with it. And um, he actually went to the fact that there was, there was a, a newspaper report that had uh, suggested that he was involved and he took them to trial. Um, and he won, um, saying, right, okay, they, they, I think it was the Spotlight. So it's, it's a newspaper called the Spotlight. Uh, printed the allegation saying that, you know, he was involved in the conspiracy. So he won his case. But he then appealed to be defended. Can you guess who he was defended by, John? Mark Lane. Mark Lane. And he won. Uh, sorry, he lost and Mark Lane won. So, <coughs> so therefore, he like the, uh, the, the, the action was thrown out, which again led to believe that there must be something behind him being involved. Now, after Hunt's death in 2007, there was a deathbed confession released from his sons in which he claimed that he was actually a bench warmer in Dallas during the events. And he actually named several high-level people, CIA operatives and politicians, who likely were behind the assassination. But he actually has admitted on his deathbed, uh, he is CIA, very big name character, people did look at him at the time. Um, and he said in his deathbed, you know what, I was there, I was in Dallas, I was in the bench, so I didn't do it, but if something had happened to those people that were in place, I would have been the one that stepped up. One of the people that he actually named as the person most likely behind the uh, political impetus of it was Lyndon Johnson, on his deathbed confession. So I find that one quite interesting as well, I have to say. From all the like everything I've been looking at, I mean, the CIA definitely keeps coming up on oh, different I, levels. Oh, I, I mean, if I, the CIA was, you know, if it was down to them, I mean, could easily have made a, made good use of uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. He was a former Marine, you know, as you say, sharpshooter, and now he's defected to the Soviet Union. That's a perfect cover already. You know, the CIA were pissed off at JFK for pulling air support from the botched Bay of Pigs invasion. That was all yep. Castro related. Yeah. You know, that was in 61. I mean, yeah. that was the start of it. I mean, the more I looked into that, there's more other reasons, plenty of other reasons that you can see the CIA sort of getting in, uh, involved with. Um, the CIA also, you know, they, they were the ones that had the MK Ultra mind control program. Mm-hmm. Um, they were using LSD and brainwashing of all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, Which they, might they, have had a lot to do with, uh, with Robert Kennedy's death, incidentally. Oh, uh-huh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, the mind control. Look into. But because yeah. the, the the guy that did that just yeah, I I I, I would actually be more surprised than the if he if he hadn't been brainwashed, if you like, by the the government than he had. Um, yeah. But there we go. Here's another one for well, you. George H. W. Mm-hmm. Bush was was apparently very involved in that, and that's uh, um, allegedly what led him to becoming the CIA director, like a decade later. If there's one guy, if there was one guy, you know, you have these, um, you have these conversations. You say there's one person you could have dinner with and sit down and have dinner with. 
um, in this entire world, it would be him. It'd be George Bush Senior for me. The guy was head of the CIA around that time. All this shit was yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the assassinations were happening. UFOs. The apparent mm-hmm. meeting between the aliens and and and, and government officials. He's he's involved in everything and everything. Everything, everything. And whatever there. So I I don't think, for instance, I don't think um, if an American president gets sworn in tomorrow. So when Trump got sworn in. And he said, right, okay, what's the script for UFO? I, I believe they will get told that, I'm afraid, so that's the need to the basis, and you don't need to know. Yeah. Uh, just doesn't need to know. Um, and I, I think that, that George H. Bush is probably the last guy that knew everything. Um, and everything else mm-hmm. has then been compartmentalised and all the rest of it. But here's an interesting yeah. one. I'm going to throw this one to you, right? Now, how how... Lee Harvey Oswald got got caught after it, so he's walked out of the um, of the building um, after he's done it. Very calmly, he's seen by, by a, a police officer. He's now remember he's shot Kennedy from the sixth floor. Within ninety seconds of the last shot, a guy, a police officer, comes into the lunchroom in the first floor and sees him standing there with a can of coke, completely. Oh. Un- yeah, yeah, oh, okay. totally. Completely unflustered. How are you doing? Just walked out. Okay. Um, he's gone home. He's changed. There's one report gone out, APB, yada, yada, yada. Saying this is a rough description because there's one woman, and this I, I love this. There's a woman who has described somebody she saw at the window on the sixth mm-hmm. floor, right? which included height. Okay, so the APB goes out, the guy's leaning out the window, and this five foot eight person is described. How the fuck does that work, first of all, right? It's like, yeah, I saw a guy at a window. Must aye, have but, aye, but did you hear her description? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was... Um, Short, it wasn't, stocky, and having bushy hair. She denied that. I know she said that to Lane. Well, no, she didn't deny that. Don't get me wrong. It, that's one we need. Uh, we need to I look at that for. We need to look at that for mm-hmm. because yeah. Le- Lane said that she described that to him, short and stocky, and mm-hmm. somebody else. The, the Warren report says that no, because they pulled Lane back. They interviewed Lane twice, and the, the, specifically due to that description, they pulled Lane back in a second time and said because she's come back in and she said no, I never said that to you. Uh, we don't trust anything you say, basically. Now, I still trust Lane more than I do the Warren Commission, but it's a, it's up for debate. But either way, there's no way that, like, where I'm going with it, right, is all of a sudden there's this description of Lee Harvey Oswald from a, a woman, whether she was right or whether she was wrong, whether it was a stocky and whatever like that, or oh, it was the correct yeah. one. There's no way from a quick glance up at a window that should have height, this, that, and the next thing. And then they're saying, so even if it was, right, so, okay, quite a slender guy, five foot eight, dark hair, right? So that goes in your APB. Now, a few miles away, first of all, why is there a police officer on normal patrol in Dallas a couple of hours after the president's been shot of the United States? Why would he be on a regular patrol? Tip it, first of all. Why is he not doing something with the? Why is he not looking for, you know, a, a gunman? Why is he not helping with the the, the evidence retrieval? 
you know what's happening. You know, the, 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 every officer that's um, that's on duty surely is also going to have to be out at the hospital to control the crowds, crowd control in the plaza itself. But no, there's a guy that's just walking about or driving about in his normal patrol. Firstly, okay. And then there's the rumor, the tippet is the guy that is supposed to take out Oswald. So there's the rumor that Tippett was due to be the guy that killed Oswald and Oswald complete the Oswald downfall as the Patsy. But after Oswald went home, picked up his pistol, etc., sees what's happening and he's pulled on Tippett. That may or may not be the case. I, I just found it a very interesting point I have seen. It's not one I actually knew before. I was looking looking through things for just now. It's not one I'd heard of, but apparently it, it is a thing. And this thing people are looking at. It was actually why is Tippett there? Tippett shouldn't have been there. The reason Tippett was there was actually he was due there to meet, to meet Oswald. He thought he was getting flown away by the mafia and all the rest of it. Uh, and the actual fact was Tippett was there going to do him. And that's an interesting, mm-hmm. an interesting one. Um, then we go on to Jack Ruby. Um, again, interestingly, Ruby obviously was killed him, but uh, it's apparently in high passion because he loved Kennedy so much, which is bullshit. It's obvious bullshit um, because he was, you know, Kennedy was so anti-gangster and, and mafia, and Jack Ruby is a bag man. I was like, why would he love Kennedy? It's nonsense. But the reputed, which again is something I've not seen too often or seen too much before. They say, again, Ruby's explanation initially, or people's explanation of Ruby's actions was he was really pissed off when he came in. And actually, he was just walking past, and he knew a lot of the policemen, and he was walking past, and they basically said, oh, Jabber, just bring Oswald out. And it was just a matter of luck, and he walked in, and then he pulled the gun on him and shot him. However, in official documents, it shows that Ruby actually tried to gain access to Oswald three times within the 48 hours that he was there. And if that sounds stupid, let me tell you that one of the the key things, one of the the key points um, of, because there's very little, there's no documentation on the interrogation of Lee Harvey Oswald. And one of the few things that's come out uh, was uh, about him um, getting asked or about whether he um, shot the president and uh, whether he shot Tippett, etc., and all this kind of stuff, was from a postal worker called Larry Holmes, who was invited to the invest in the interrogation by the chief of police. So you've got a postal worker that's actually invited, just come along, sit here, we're, we're investigating, we're, we're interrogating Oswald. So have a seat, put up your feet, have a drink. Do you want me to get a Coke or something while you, while you watch me? And hold in a second while I just smack him in the face here. Um, <laughs> one of the chaps that dealt with like Mark Lane, um, who was the chap that actually um, drove Oswald to the, um, who drove him to work and back. He lived in the same town as Oswald. And Oswald would actually live in Dallas Monday to Friday. So he would get he would get brought in by this guy on Monday, and he would get taken home again on the Friday. But 
And on the Thursday night, he got him to take him. And he was like, all right, okay, yeah, I'll take you home. I took him home. And then on the Friday, he'd put in a things that he'd said were curtain rods. Um, a bag with curtain rods. Although the guy did say, which I've not seen anywhere, but I've actually seen an interview with the chap himself who said, that wasn't the gun. I don't know if, it was, if he shot him or whatever, I don't know, don't care. But that wasn't the gun. The bag, they all say it was like the bag with the gun in it. The bag that he had that day was not big enough to have guns in it. Um, so it was the back of my car. I'd noticed it. So what's that? That's the curtain rods I told you about. So I went home and get curtain rods from my pal. All right, okay, fine. Never thought any more of it. But he was taken in to uh, for questioning. And uh, they basically put up our... our and I say you, you can watch it. It's, the actual interview is online with him. Um, and he, he was taken in for question. And uh, the policeman came in, the chief of police came in and said, sign that. He put a bit of paper in it and he started reading it. And it was basically him admitting to being part of a conspiracy to kill Kennedy and bringing in... Um, what do you want to say? I'm not signing that. So the chief police went to clock him and he caught his hand and he could take a fudge or something, a lawyer and all this kind of stuff. And eventually let him go and all this kind of stuff. But it just, it shows you the, the, the what kind of thing you're, um, or the level of policing we're dealing with, which is poor. At, at best, you've got, you've got postal workers invited to it. You've got bagmen actual mafia people getting invited in off the street when they see him passing because we're bringing out Oswald, apparently. So you've got that. You've got people getting beat up because Oswald, etc., got smacked about and we all know he had the black eye, etc., um, through the questioning. Um, and we, what we have to believe is that an hour after the um, the shooting, or just, a, just over an hour after the shooting, you've got one of these police officers through a very hazy description, is on a normal patrol that we know not why, and has like decided actually that guy looks like he might be the killer, despite the fact that he's changed clothes because he went on first and changed clothes and putting a jacket didn't have on stuff. So he's getting so he just decides out of the blue to stop this one guy from a yeah, but there's a note reported that he was acting suspicious and stuff like that though. He's walking down the street. No, but why? But, yeah, but, <laughs> but what, and that's the other thing. If he wasn't there to meet Tippett, why? What, what, what was he doing? Mm. What, what was he but, doing? Why was he? Why was he there? That was part of the. Just going back to Jack Ruby. That was part of the. Um, like one of the, the. Obviously, it was involved quite heavily in the Warren Commission, and they actually blamed the Dallas Police the the Dallas Police Department. For the for the uh, uh, Osmo's death, uh, they said it was um, an exact was something like inadequacy of coordination and additional deficiencies, like as in security, which I've talked about as well already. Yeah, the people were there. Well, the you know, apparently it was just. I think it's because they were overwhelmed as well, obviously as well. But they had a major part in it as well. So that's probably why Jack Ruby was allowed in. But then Jack Ruby as well, you know, Jack Ruby, so he's uh, he's locked up for the murder of um, Oswald. And then when he's asked and interviewed about it, he, he again says, you know, he doesn't he doesn't turn around because there are people who were, uh, originally the, the story was 
um, oh yeah, I, I love Kennedy and I was so upset when Kennedy and I didn't want, the, the official link was, I don't want Jackie to have to come back to face a trial. So that's this is this is reasoning for, for it, right? But that's not what he's saying in prison. That's not what he's saying in prison. His prison, his prison statements are, I want to tell the truth. I want to tell everything I know. I cannot do it unless you make me safe. I cannot stay in prison here. If you take me to, if you take me to Washington, if you take me to X, Y, and Z place, I will tell you everything. For a simple transfer, and he's sitting there, and he will say, "I will tell you everything." And he told the Warren Commission that. And this is the thing: he told the Warren Commission, who said there's no conspiracy. He told the Warren Commission, the guy that actually killed Oswald, there's more to this, and I will tell you if you get me transferred to another prison. And they came yeah. out with a verdict that there was no conspiracy. Yeah, but did you know, did you look or at did they did cover you look that? into yeah. who, was, who was in the committee? Well, tell us. Who was on the committee? Who, who was quite, on? Quite, a, quite a few, quite a few was, but the most notable one Mm -hmm. Is a guy called Alan Alan Dulles, mm -hmm. who take a guess what his two formal jobs were? I really don't know. Uh, he was CIA. He was, he was director of the CIA and the head of yeah. the CIA. Brilliant. <laughs> he was one of them, mm -hmm. and actually Gerald, Gerald Ford. He was on the committee as well, mm -hmm. President Number Thirty Seven. Yeah, and there was a former president of the World Bank was on the committee as well. Oh, I find that a bit you. strange as well. Mm. Rothschild. Possibly. I, I kind of put, put that in there to fling you a bone leaf, if I'm being honest. Thank you. I'm swollen already. <laughs> we're, we're, we're saving that one. But do you know, there's, uh, there were so many people, there was a lot, a lot of people involved with that. I mean, there was obviously them. There was, God, how many, how many staff? Well, there was like 27 people assigned, uh, 34 of them. Um, Lee, have you got any more? Have you got any more uh, conspiracy you want us to look at? Uh, the Umbrella Man, which you just, you just can't have avoided, surely. No. No. So basically, during the assassination, assassination there's um, on the footage and on uh, several photographs, an unman was seen standing in the sun with an open umbrella, a black umbrella, um, and obviously off of that, people are thinking, well, was it maybe a signal? Was it something to, to signal to somebody else when the timing was right or when everything was right? Um, or was it even that the umbrella was a gun? Mm. And we'll laugh at that one, but actually it's not the first time. You know, that's, that's happened several times. Even in 78, there was a Bulgarian writer, uh, Garrigan Markov, who was killed by one, like literally shot by a, a, a secret fucking uh, umbrella gun. So... Mm. Weirdly enough, during the United States House Select Committee on Assassinations, a man called Louis Stephen Witt came forward as the Umbrella Man. But uh, he basically he, he claimed that he was just protesting uh, Kennedy's father's support for British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain at the time, um, who was always um, he he was sought to appease the Nazis. And um, he was he was well known for carrying an umbrella, and that was his protest for that allegedly. Mm -hmm. So, 
I've got another one that was uh, Joe DiMaggio. Okay. No, Joe DiMaggio was married to Marilyn Monroe for nine months. And uh, after their divorce, she was alleged to have slept with both JFK and his brother, Robert. And uh, several people have claimed that DiMaggio, he's a nasty piece of work, by the way, this guy. He's, he's, he's interesting. He's a, he's a nasty piece of work. But uh, a lot of people believed or suggested that um, he always claimed that the, suggest, uh, that, that the Kennedys had killed and murdered Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. And he was heavily, heavily connected back then. He was well connected with strong ties to Chicago mob boss, uh, Sam Giancana. And um, so he certainly, he was a man that could have gotten something done. He had the money, he had the clout, he had the, the, the people around him. So that was another possibility. Yeah. It's quite an Even interesting our last one, pod. Yeah, yeah, I quite like that one because there's, there's no, nothing yeah, quite like no, actually, a yeah. woman. One of the, I'm fairness is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can imagine, uh, certainly the more I looked into Joe DiMaggio off of the back of this, and I was like, he was a real nasty piece of work. And there's a couple of books that have come out since then going into what he was capable of. Um, and I'll let them claim all the facts or whatever they've got. Or, um, But um, yeah, back in those days, something connected to the mob like that. I mean, that a movement like that isn't even politically uh, triggered. And, and when it's something like that, a man and his woman and a bitter man pissed off, it's got the money and connections. You know yourself, there's, there's folk out there that'll do Anything they can uh, to get their yeah, their source of revenge. So I wouldn't rule it out. It's a possibility. I quite like yeah. that one just because it was the really spoken about, but a little bit of weight behind it. Yeah. Another one was linking to um, our last podcast again. Mm-hmm. Again, blaming. Oh, I didn't tell me that fucking aliens killed fucking JFK. You. Is it? Because if you yeah. do, if you do, I'm leaving. I was going to say, is it, <laughs> is it, is it possible, Giorgio? Is it possible? That uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just because you've been attacked to the wall doesn't mean it's going to stay there forever, right? Oh, I think it made you. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you're, so you were saying, anyway, so. Oh, I'm interested to hear it now. Um, again, linking back to the CIA, but it was uh, in 99, a researcher, Timothy Cooper, claimed to have received a partially burned memo um, in which the CIA director at the time stressed his worry for Kennedy's inquiries into that, uh, their activities. Mm-hmm. Author William Lester added another piece to the puzzle in 2010, claiming 10 days before Kennedy was murdered, Kennedy asked the CIA director to review UFO intelligence in order to determine what could and what couldn't be shared with Soviets. Mm-hmm. Now again, if he was leaning on the side of opening up books or information that they weren't willing to uh, relinquish at the time. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, what I would say is <laughs> there's, there's, so, there's so many people that we could actually do. If you, There's so many people connected with this, and you could yeah. do an hour or two-hour show on pretty on much each one. every one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing to me is that these guys were all in the right place. They all had potential um, to do something. Uh, they just, yeah, the, the, the amount of people that were in play here. I, I can't believe for a second that there wasn't something going down. As I say, I, I was really intrigued by that one where, where 
Jack Ruby, who was peripheral. And I don't think by that same because, you know, if we take it, if we take it and like we're going to put a few of them together. So if we're going to say, right, okay, uh, the mafia and the CIA uh, were handlers, which I think is more or less proved uh, these days that they were yeah. handlers for Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, yeah. And they've decided, right, okay, we're going to get together. The, the, the mob are going to be the guys that, that they take us in and take us out because they've got the small light planes for flying the drugs, etc. Now, remember, we're in Dallas, so we're quite right next to Mexico, etc. So that's, you know, it's not a stretch to get there. Um, planes, etc. So they, they brought the guys in, whoever's going to be there. They've got their Patsy and Oswald. Um, they've got the people who are, like, obviously the, the people around them are in the know. You've got people on the bench, so you're, like, say, year E. Howard Hunt, etc., um, uh, is is on the bench ready to step in for the CIA if the, the mob, etc., don't get this done. You've got Tippett, who's controlled by the CIA, who's going to clean up Oswald and then because and, and then you've got Jack Ruby who is well in knowledge of it because he's a nightclub owner they've probably been organizing this and discussing this at his nightclub and planning it yeah. so it goes wrong because Oswald goes home he's picked up a, a pistol which they don't know about and this is just me wildly theorizing so he's gone home he's changed his clothes he went to meet Tippett, who's his handler, who's supposed to take him to the airfield to to, to get him um, to get him out the hell out of Dodge and down to Mexico. Tippett's pulled a gun on him, and Oswald has responded and has shot him and killed him. Now they have a problem. So now they go to the the, the mob, go to Ruby, and they say, "Right, Jack, you're into us. You owe us money, which you did." So you do this, and you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to do that. You'll be looked as a national hero, and you'll be out of nothing. Don't worry about it. Jack Ruby goes. He gets invited by the police up to it, which is another crock of bullshit. Um, and he and he kills him. He's arrested, and he's put in prison. But then the Warren Commission happens, and Ruby starts saying, "Well, wait a minute, no, this isn't the case. This isn't what happened." You know, I, I've not been released. I've not been looked after as I've promised to. So now I'm going to tell the truth. But you need to get me out of here. You need to spirit me away from here. You need to take me out and you need to look after me. And I will tell you exactly what happened. And then he dies of a, a, a complaint that this, especially the symptoms are like poison. And it's the last thread was cut. That's a painting that you've just painted, done by the Illuminati, right there. It's an interesting one, isn't it? There's so well, many strings to it. There's so many. What's strings. interesting is the way that you just told that, and and basically, in, in its most simplest form, that everybody around the whole thing was connected, were mm-hmm. involved, were standing by the sidelines. And do you know what? If the Illuminati are real, we won't go into that one today. That's how they would pull that shit together. And they've got the links at the top. They control everybody. Of course they So actually, there's, there's, there's a great one for it. There's another one that backs up, actually, that d- directly with the Illuminati was the theory that they uh, um, often, because uh, he allegedly outed them once mm-hmm. uh, during a speech 
which was actually about the Soviet Union and the Cold War, but a more realistic motive was the assurance of Executive Order 11110, which uh, delegates the authority, the President's authority, to issue cer silver certificates to the Secretary of the Treasury. Mm -hmm. So he allegedly planned to replace Federal Reserve notes with silver certificates, which would have threatened the entire power of the Illuminati, who controlled the Federal Reserve at the time. So there's, there's, there's good reasons there for if the Illuminati are real, for them to have, what, to, to have been high on the list. But again, if they were, it, it trickles down when you're on that pecking order. So they would go, right, wait a minute, who are we going to get here to, 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 to move the pawns? Right, mm -hmm. CIA. Well, if everybody's in the Illuminati's pocket, then the CIA may make the first move. That trickles down to the next. That's how you end up getting some dodgy nightclub owners involved into all of this. It just trickles down. And the movements are made subtly and unconnect, unconnected. Of course, the, 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 one of the, the, my great hobbies is I, I love the original Sherlock Holmes story. Wanking. Yeah, but as, as well as that. The, the original <laughs> Sherlock Holmes story. And Moriarty. Moriarty was the, uh, was, the, oh, was the master criminal mastermind. And the whole idea about him in the books, because in the films and the TV shows, it says you got Moriarty and he's always fighting with Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. It's bullshit. It's not what it was in the in the books. And um, what it was was the criminal mastermind who sat basically at home on the couch, and people would come to him and say, "This is what I want to achieve: be it a death, be it a robbery, be it whatever." And they would pay him to organise it, to sit there yeah. and say, "This is how it's done." And they would look into the background of the individual and they would say, "Right, X, Y, and Z." And you're right. It, the, the, there's so many people in this, and I, I think by you know looking at, I'm more or less. I'm not swaying towards. I'm not saying I, I'm swaying towards a bit. In the picture I just painted, actually, probably Lyndon B. Johnson said to the CIA. CIA briefed him this was going to happen. So you need to be ready to take over the presidency. Um, the mafia would be told we're going to turn a blind eye to X, Y, and Z. You're pissed off with Kennedy anyway. Um, the CIA are pissed off with Kennedy anyway because of the Bay Pigs. Everybody's pissed off with Kennedy apart from Kennedy. Yeah. Even Jackie's pissed off with Kennedy because he's shagging Marilyn Monroe. I mean, there, there, is, no, there is nobody in Dallas that day that doesn't want the guy dead. Well, you know, there's a really good theory about Jackie. Sorry to kick in, but no, actually, have you, have you heard about that one? Jackie no, no, the gun no, in the flower pot. No. no. Have right. you seen the footage? The actual film footage of the assassination. Yeah, yeah? there's a producer, yeah. Right. Now, you know it's one of these things you, you watch uh, for, for you boys, you know, you fucking imbeciles that just watch football that don't understand things that are real sport. You, you see a goal going in live mm -hmm. and you make your opinion and you hear people scream, it was offside, it was this, it was that. And then you see it back again after you've been told mm -hmm. alleged correct information. Mm -hmm. This is the weird one. This is the weird way the brain works. See, after I tell you this, mm -hmm. you'll never look at the footage in the same way again. Mm -hmm. It's probably Basically, the same way I don't look at fucking birds the same way again after what you were talking about in a previous yeah, exactly. podcast as well. Like, you've got a robot. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I just stop sniffing around the world. I just stared at birds for a while saying, you're looking at... God's <laughs> sake. You need to change your line of questioning. Yeah. I do remember last time you did say yourself, you did admit to the fact that your chat lines are pish. So, you know, yeah. it's on you, big man. <laughs> but 
going back to the footage that was taken by Abraham Zapruder, mm-hmm. right? And this is the best foot video footage of the day. Some yeah. claim a, a smoke or a vapor. Also, mm-hmm. remember what I said about the gas mm-hmm. uh, from before can be seen on the left side of JFK's head. It's as clear as couldn't even see it at all until I looked it back after this, and it's mm-hmm. as clear as hell showing. Um, uh, yeah, the gas or the vapor on on the left hand side of JFK's head. Now, it was basically, if you look back at the footage, it shows his wife shooting him in the head directly. And the first thing that she does as well is dashes to the back of the car. She is hanging off of the back of this moving car with an object in her hand that just so happens to disappear after she's put her hand in a flower pot. Right, hold the fuck on a second here. Why has nobody ever spoken about that one? And you're right, you know, his indiscretions, he was cheating on her left, right and centre. And I mean, also, um, you know, there's reason for it. She's allegedly not even happy enough. She's gone and shagged one or two of his brothers as, um, um, as well. So, alleged it may be, you know, she was married to him. Maybe, maybe, she, maybe she had a wee uh, something in the Kennedy cock. There's strong genes there, and it was just the brothers that she was craving. But if you look back at that uh, that that footage, yeah, mm-hmm. and just see the moment of impact when he actually gets killed. So I think it's the second bullet, the mm-hmm. one that comes right in it, and you see his face exploding. Mm-hmm. Watch that back and keep your eyes on her. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is, the interesting thing is. It's like you heard of a, is that a Mexican standoff? Yeah, yeah. Which Any is, Tarantino movie. Yeah, which is basically there's diff- <laughs> there's more than two basically. So there's at least three sides, yeah. and they're all they're all hun- holding a gun at each other's heads. And this has created that. There's nobody. There's nobody can grasp on anybody else because yeah, ev- everybody's in on it. Everybody's dirty. Yeah, everybody's dirty. It's a bit like you know when they used to do the assassination things, and only mm-hmm. one guy would have a real bullet, and you would—you were allegedly not to know who it was. Mm-hmm. So you've got whatever twelve guys all lined up, and they're all shooting at one guy. Only mm-hmm. one of them has actually killed them, but nobody knows who. Well, you do, but you know, a bit like that as well. Yeah, but again, yeah, it's 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 one of the most remarkable things. We might, we might visit. I'm not going to go on too much longer today because I think we've covered it quite well. It's it's it's, yeah. it's a starting point. We might come in and look at individual theories and come back and, and kind of specify, um, because I think it's a really interesting one. And and the more I looked into, it, the more interesting and the more intrigued I got. And it just opens up. And certainly, listen to to, to John, um, that Mark Wayne guy that you were you were looking into, um, just listening to a couple of his things from contemporaneous times um, from listening to some of his lectures at the time not now when you're looking into these facts that are given in the internet and all this kind of stuff but the stuff that he was coming out with at the time after having spoken to people at the time um, and those those ones that were in Daily Plaza etc are probably the only ones without the axe to grind uh, they're the only ones that you know they, they, they weren't in it you know everybody from what we're looking at, potentially was in it. Now, was Lee Harvey Oswald the gunman? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that question to both of you. I think he was a gunman. A gunman, yeah. A gunman, but he yeah. wasn't the only gunman. In in my view, 
but he's he's been scapegoated to the point that he's been made to look like a thick imbecile who is you know just this guy but he's obviously been getting bankrolled from somewhere he's yeah even even if he you know if you think of him he's 33 dollars he just got from unemployment and yet he's hired an office in, in dallas in the center of Dallas, not not outskirts of Dallas, he's hired an office in the center of Dallas. He's printed leaflets. He's he's handing out the leaflets. He's printing this and all this kind of stuff on thirty three dollars from unemployment, and he's looking after a wife and a kid. It's it's not possible to me that he is not involved in something, um, but I don't think he's realised he's the parts until it's too late. But that's my thoughts. So over to you guys. Uh, John, you first, because uh, I know you like going first. So so what's, what's your thoughts on Oswald? Uh, yeah, he's definitely involved, but he's definitely not the only one. But it's just uh, funny, I'll go back to because soon we started this league, you said that there's, there was no way we could, could connect the dots yeah. at the start. But yeah. then you commented what Kendall talked about and then we kind of just have a wee bit. Yeah, totally. It's quite weird how we yeah. started off. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it's like, it's true. It, it kind of, there is a, there is a kind of link to everything. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I reckon, I reckon he was there. They, they said in one of the reports that, uh, I think his first shot and his third shot, uh, but and it was, I think it was the, no, it was his first and his fourth or something. But it was a decisive third shot. But they, they 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 said it wasn't him. When the reports, it goes back to that um, uh, one of the commissions you talked about. Um, mm-hmm. What was it? The HS, the HSCA. Funnily mm-hmm. enough, the HSCA again, it's all linked as well. Mark Lane actually helped to set that committee up as well. So again, it's linked as well. Yeah. And I actually didn't just look into the John Kennedy, that actually looked into Martin Luther King as well, but that's a whole different ballgame as well. Yeah. I'll just yes, to answer, to answer your question in a roundabout way, yes, I think he was involved, but and yes, he, I think he realised after it that he was the fall guy, but it was too yeah. late. Yeah. But the, yeah, he was, definitely, he was definitely one of, but you don't know how many there were. And again, it goes back to that picture that was never released. Yeah. That probably tells you more. Yeah, the um, what, the one thing I would say as well, which I forgot to mention it, which was a big thing for me, which right in the back when in my youth, which uh, when when I started looking at it, I said that that's that's not right. It's like even if, and I don't think he was the only person that was in Dallas, and I think it was gunman there. And listen, you know, maybe he got lucky. Maybe he was the only gunman. Maybe he took the three shots in six seconds, which none of the none of the the the, the Warren committed themselves. They couldn't replicate it. With all the, they got all the army and the specialist sharpshooters, and they couldn't replicate what he did. But let's say he did it, and let's say he his were the only bullets, right? That doesn't mean there weren't people standing at the side behind the grassy knoll, all the rest of it, waiting to take the shot if he didn't get it done because he's the patsy. We don't expect him to get that done. And if he doesn't, we were talking about E. Howard, what's his name, saying that, uh, that he was um, that he was on the bench ready to step in well maybe there was two or three others maybe they didn't need to step in yeah but then if you if you talk about if you talk about that it was only it was only Harvey Oswald <coughs> and you've got to buy into theory that the, the, the magic bullet this is what I was exactly yeah, where I'm coming yeah, yeah. to this is yeah. exactly where I'm coming to which is how in the world so so even if that's the case and actually I've seen a program 
um, I have seen a programme where they did an experiment and if Connolly turns a certain way and Kennedy's wrist in a certain place, it's physically possible for the bullet to pass through everywhere that it would have needed to pass it through. So line that up in the video, there's like a frame if it was shot exactly there and he's there and actually it looks like, and you line them all up, it's physically possible for it to happen, right? But what that means, or, or more to the point, on the gurney next to Connolly, they find the bullet, okay? And the bullet's perfectly intact. Now that's outrageous. It's like it's passed through about three or four different entry and exit routes. And it's it's absolutely pointless. But more to the point, and people say, and people say, no, it's, it's not possible because how could that bullet be intact? No, fuck it. Say it did, right? Say, say it was intact, right? How, or for saying it's not intact, how would, unless this is a conspiracy, that bullet getting placed next to that gurney on the way to the hospital, because we're talking now 20 minutes after the shooting, the guy gets in the hospital and this bullet is found untouched and unharmed. How do they know what the fucking weapon was and how do they replace that bullet? I.e., how did they just happen to have that caliber of bullet in their pocket to put next to this guy in the, the gurney? It's bullshit. I'll give you that, but, but also throw into the equation here, going back to the theory of the driver. Now, mm -hmm. let's say the driver had a gun. Mm -hmm. Then you've got more chance from a far closer distance of that bullet going through mm -hmm. an arm and a shoulder and having less damage done to the bullet. It's got more power, more trajectory, um, and more effect. And it's shot from a hell of a lot of a closer distance. Yeah, but you've also got the you've also got the um, you know the, the reports themselves that say that they, right. I think Kennedy's brain's missing, isn't it? It's gone. Um, but also the the photographs of the brain. Somebody else said that that's actually not the one that they examined. Um, so it's from the photograph of the brain. Then you've got thing like if you had the auto, if you've got an autopsy report, and it says here's the entry wound, here's the exit wound. Well, the first autopsy report that, that, that came out said that the entry wound was in the throat. Kennedy's throat. Yeah. And yeah. then the narrative has changed and now it's not. Now it's an exit wound and it's possible and then they go a long way to show you it's possible. Yeah, but have a, how many other murder scenes, etc. I said, well, there's the entry wound, there's the exit wound. Do we start questioning? If a pathologist, and don't, I don't believe for one second, by the way, that if the president of the United States is is assassinated, I don't think they put a fucking junior pathologist. No on a chance. No, <laughs> you know, no, say, no. Jimmy, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm going for a yeah. game of golf. You take that one, Megan. It's, it's not going to happen, you know. So you're questioning the main man. You know, you're questioning whoever the 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 best you've got is because he's going to be the one that does it. And if he says it's an entry wound, it's a fucking entry wound. End of story. It's not the exit wound. Um, and I've, I've seen experiments and, and one in ten actually you hit it at a certain point and you know what? Yeah, yeah I've the, seen the, the ones with the watermelons. Yeah. Like yeah, I get it. It's possible. But, but it, it does change when, yes. depending on the distance that this that, that the test is done. And that's yeah. another one that sort of gives the Jackie Kennedy one a little bit of weight. The, the first shot missed, potentially the second shot, you know, or wherever the second shot came from. If that yeah. was Jackie, why, why would she panic and go yeah. to make that shot? Right, because the job wasn't done. 
and maybe she didn't know who was else involved lined up to take the next shot or whatever. Well, but she had that, that gun there, and then immediately, start, I mean, honestly, watch back yeah. that footage and yeah. watch her make that dash to the back of the car afterwards. I'll, I'll, so I'll, throw, I'll throw you a bone here. I'll throw you a bone here. <coughs> and, and because what I'll say is, like, I, I, I'm not saying for a second I subscribe to this one yet. Uh, if it's a Jack Kenny, it's not one I've heard of before this conversation. I think I've said before yeah. we don't. It do could be Jack. Things. It could be the driver and Jackie Kennedy. Oh, you it go. Could be, one for you. Maybe they were shagging. If but, you think, if you think mm-hmm. about it, because you think about what the driver you talked about, it, like what the driver did. Mm-hmm. Think but, about yeah, it. yeah. yeah. And if you think about the 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 theory behind the doctors announcing the entrance wood in the throat, that mm-hmm. would back that Definitely. up as well. Yeah. If you think if you're the driver and you have a gun, you pull it out and and mm-hmm. you just tip it behind you like that. The angle mm-hmm. of that going behind you is is exactly mm-hmm. that same angle yeah. that would have been taken coming mm-hmm. from a building going down and hitting both through those guys through the through the throat into yeah. the other guy's hand. That works in reverse exactly the same. Exactly. Right. Now what we're t- right. So what now we're talking where we are at the minute, right? And as I say, we don't set these up beforehand, so we we have organic conversations that take us in incredibly stupid ways. But that's where we Orgasmic are. Organic conversations. Yeah. But where we are at the minute is everybody's involved, right? Everybody's yeah. involved. So now we're at the driver, we're at Jackie, we're at guys in the, the there's a guy in the grassy knoll, there's a guy <coughs> over in the park, there's a guy up in the, yeah, there's at least one in the depository, there's maybe one in another building and there's maybe another one in the, uh, in the, uh, the, the another one in the book depository, right? So everybody's in it. So that's fucking Truman show. Exactly. So everybody's in yeah. it. <laughs> now, what happens? You don't expect Oswald. Oswald's not the greatest shot in the world. He's okay, he's a good shot, right? But he's the patsy. Really, you could have given them blanks, but you've not. You've given them the thing because you want you want the cartridges spent on the sixth floor, right? So he's got the cartridges, right? Boom. First one straight through the throat. Fuck. Because what happens in that car? Yeah. What happens to Kennedy? Kennedy yeah. bends forward. Yeah. And he slumps onto Jackie's lap. There's no shot. There's no shot for anybody else. So who have you got left? If everybody knows about it, you've got the driver and you've got Jackie. Uh, Tom, do you like it? Do you like this one? Yeah. I, I'm just yeah, saying I actually, quite, I actually really like that. That's <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just saying that's, that's possible. Blown away when, I saw, when I heard about it, I was like, I need to look more into this one. And you know what? The evidence stacks up nicely. I like it. Like I say, you really won't fully change your mind or, or become a bit of a believer in this until you rewatch the footage here in this and you look it back and you'll go, what the? I mean, honestly, j- just think about this, right? Your husband or wife, your, your husband's just been shot right next to you, right? In a car. The, the, what, what the fuck is your reasoning to go and dive mm-hmm. onto the boot of the car for? Mm-hmm. For any reason. It's not as if she even like stood up on the boot to try and cover him to, to, to protect him from another fatal bullet. No, no, no. What the fuck are you up to, love? You know, forget your shopping yeah. list. It's so sketchy. I'll throw so you, sketchy. I'll throw you can another I, one. Can I ask something? I'm going to be a bit ignorant here. Mm-hmm. See, you talk about the flower pot. What's the flower pot? Well, wait back till you see the video. Watch your video. Is it a flower pot? So in is the it car? in the car or is it inside? Uh-huh. The road? Yeah. It's in the car. Right, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, okay. Okay. Right, okay. That's it's right. weird. I'll but maybe watch that tonight instead of watching some sport. 
Yeah. But here's an interesting <laughs> one for you as well. Here, and we're getting to the point now where I think we can draw a line of it, at least for today, and we might revisit it. <clears> interesting. But I'll, I'll leave you with one last bit. Now, now we've brought something, and this one has not been, it's not something I was planning to discuss. It's not something I ever really thought about. But I, I saw a, a couple of years ago now, probably, I saw some interviews with these secret service agents who were there in the day. His protection detail. Who wouldn't have been in it? I don't think. I, I thoroughly believe that they probably wouldn't have been in it because there's a high chance that one of them would have been loyal and they would have told them. So, they, you know, you couldn't take that risk of putting these guys in it. And they were getting in, uh, interviewed in it. And I found it, but I find this interesting because now we've got to the fact that the very people that are supposed to be closest to him, be it Lyndon B. Johnson and his wife, etc., are now involved. But those secret service agents were informed and instructed to take the body away and take it yes. back to Yeah. And they almost came to blows and gunshot, almost came to a gunfight with the Dallas police at the hospital. And they refused to leave the body and they took it back to Washington. And they took it back with Jackie and Lyndon B. Johnson um, was swarming on the flight. So you like Lyndon B. Johnson being guilty. I like Jackie being guilty. Where are you with it with John? Because already those two are now fully, fully connected. We don't need John any more dots. We need to get the colour tip pens out, start colouring it in. We're done. I still, First, I, still I can't like believe it. they've been debating this for so many decades. We've just solved it. Took an hour and a half. It's no bad. It's no bad. Next challenge. A couple of missiles that just watch sport. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that wouldn't lie either, will it? No. Exactly. exactly. We've, 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 done, we've done GFA, we've done the UFOs, and if, if we work, I'll maybe get another couple of years behind us, maybe we'll look at Scottish football. Uh, right, I, reckon, so I, reckon, I reckon we'll look at World Peace next. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, guys. So I think I think that's where we're going to leave it tonight because that's still coming for us clearly. Um, judging by that side, uh, thank you as always for joining us. And next time we're going to be a little bit lighter. Well, we're not going to be lighter because it's um, it's it's quite it's one of my personal favourites. It won't take us long. It's one called the Diatlov Pass, which is a really mysterious one, uh, really cool and tasty. And I might touch on what we talked about in a couple of podcasts ago, which is pure evil. Anyway, I hope we've entertained you a little bit today. Listen, I I, I don't think we've actually got to the bottom of the JFK murder. <laughs> um, no, none of we, us do. We, we've maybe given you we've maybe given you pause for thought, and we've maybe brought some things to you that you just didn't know about. So it's been a pleasure as always to have you with us, um, and we look forward to having you next time. Okay, take care. Adios. Sure. Bye.